flagship broadcasting fee, and the opinions expressed during the show are not necessarily those of the staff, management, or ownership of WGCH Radio. Welcome to Center Stage with international opera star Pamela Kuhn. And now, here is your host, Pamela Kuhn. Good morning, everyone, and the curtain is up on Center Stage. Recently, I interviewed the violinist Brittany Bolding from the Seattle Symphony, who has the good looks of a fashion model with the talent of a gifted angel. The violin is interesting to me as it is the instrument that I feel equates readily to the human voice. And my guest today, though not of fashion model stature, but maybe he is, is a virtuoso violinist and conductor who has the engaging smile of someone who is confident, kind, and always ready to find joy in his music. Now, perhaps his wife, the uber-talented cellist Sharon Robinson, might suggest that he try his hand at modeling for Hugo Boss or Armani, but I think she might want him to stay in the talent pool of making music. I am talking now of Jamie Laredo, violinist extraordinaire, conductor of the Vermont Symphony, the Westchester Philharmonic, and at Carnegie Hall with the New York String Orchestra. He is presently a member of the violin faculty at the Cleveland Institute of Music after having previously taught 35 years at the prestigious Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia. His extraordinary career spans landmark performances and ensembles, including the Kalkstein Laredo Robinson Trio, the recent project entitled Two by Four, celebrating the teacher-student relationship with performances with his former student, Miss Jennifer Coe, and his 15 years of performing as violist with a piano quartet comprised of Emmanuel Axe, Isaac Stern, and Yo-Yo Ma. He has recorded upwards of 100 discs and has been awarded seven Grammy nominations. You know, I could go on for the next 30 minutes about his performing prowess, but fans of Jamie Laredo know that this is a man with a mission of celebrating the integrity of music at the highest level of performance. As conductor of the Westchester Philharmonic, he will be incorporating his double talents this Sunday as soloist and conductor in Vivaldi's Concerto Grosso in D minor, Mozart's sublime third concerto, John Corleano's Voyage, and ending with Stravinsky's Pulcinella Suite. And to top it all off, he has the best sense of humor, which we have shared together in a previous interview. Good morning, Jamie Laredo. Thank you for being with us on Center Stage. Good morning, Pamela. How are you? And I'm, oh my goodness, the last thing in the world I am is a fashion model. That's for sure. <laughs> my, my wife, yes. But me, no. No way. <laughs> you know, I've got to say, you both just convey this wonderful joie de vivre. Whenever we see pictures, whenever I see you in interviews, you guys just have this, this spark of joy. I, I know it's making music together, isn't it, Jamie? Yes, that's that's one of the things for sure. It's, it's making music together. It's eating good food together. Drinking good wine together. I was just going to say, <laughs> and, and I being think food. lucky, being lucky, and having great health, and having wonderful, wonderful family, and uh, we uh, we consider ourselves 
just great, really lucky people. Yeah. And uh, we, we love living life, and, and we live live it to its fullest, and mm-hmm. hope we can go on forever and ever. And you will. It's not luck. You, you've you made that life, Jamie. You and Sharon together, it's marvelous. Um, you're Just for our listeners, you're originally from Bolivia. And amongst yes. all of your many accolades, I believe that you are a national institution there where they've actually named a stadium after you? Yeah, well, that's yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although, I, actually, um, Sharon and I were there uh, last, not last summer, but uh, the summer before. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of thirteen and uh, or fourteen, sorry. And um, we uh, we visited. We were in La Paz. We we, we did a lot of concerts. And uh, actually, the stadium is. It used to be a soccer stadium, uh, but no longer. It is now uh, a stadium that's used for uh, things like rock and roll concerts and big, you know, big big mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. So it, it was as a matter of fact, it was really weird because we were supposed to do a concert there, mm-hmm. and uh, it had been planned. Um, but it, 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 this was in August, and of course, you know, down there it's the reverse. August is the middle of winter, right? And and so, um, although it you know it did it never gets that cold, but they they were they were having a, a few weeks of very severe cold weather. And so that concert had to be moved elsewhere, indoors, <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> so it was kind. Of, it was kind of sad because I was I was really looking forward to that. But uh, no, it's it's always very, very special and quite wonderful to be back in Bolivia. I don't get there very often, but mm-hmm. um, whenever I do, it's it's quite exciting. That that really is, and I know you left there at a young age, urged to come yeah. to America for further training. Have you ever wondered, if you hadn't had that urging, what would have become of your life? Oh my gosh, I, who knows? I would probably maybe have stayed in Bolivia my whole life mm-hmm. and probably not been a musician. I can't imagine what I would have been because music is my life and yes. that's all I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I can't imagine. I just can't. <laughs> Isn't it interesting, though? And I know that the Bolivian mm-hmm. government funded your participation in the prestigious 1959 Queen Elizabeth of Belgium competition where you were the youngest win- winner and it really catapulted you to international attention, didn't it? Yes, that was the beginning of my career. Wow. And it, it's not quite uh, true that the government funded that. They did help me a lot in my early earlier years mm-hmm. uh, uh, with with uh, financial aid for many many years. But the uh, Queen Elizabeth, by then I was uh, I was seventeen, and uh, I my family did not have any help anymore from from the government. So it was strictly on our own that we did that. Wow. So you are a national treasure, not only of Bolivia, but of America. This is wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, and you, you made your orchestral debut at age 11 with the San Francisco Symphony. Yeah. Wow. Well, when my, when my family uh, emigrated to the States, uh, mm-hmm. we went to San Francisco. And the, the reason for that was that my father had grown up uh, and spent his uh, childhood years in San Francisco. His family was there. And uh, he, he he went to school there, went to college there, and he had always, when he went back to Bolivia, he had always dreamt of some someday when he had a family to, to 
go back there. Mm-hmm. And so hence, that's why we ended up in San Francisco. And uh, it's not a bad place to be, I can tell no. you that. It, it, growing up there was it was extraordinary. It, it's, it, it's still, in many ways, my, my favorite place in the whole world. And, and even though I haven't lived there since I was 13, uh, I, every time I go there, uh, I just feel like, I'm home. You're home. You know, and uh, in fact, Sharon and I always kid each other about uh, almost every year we we have to get our San Francisco fix. Mm-hmm. We, even if we don't, even if we don't have a concert there, we somehow manage to sneak in a trip down there. Oh, good for you. The same for me. If I don't see Carmel at least once a year, I don't feel complete. Um, Yes, well, you know that area. There's nothing like it. it. Well, I'm originally a West Coaster, and I call it the left coast and the best coast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we're on the same page there. Um, Now, you have coached with masters such as Pablo Casals and George Sell, and I'm saying these words, and I'm living through you vicariously. Uh, Wow. You know, you've lived on this solid and uh, never faulty technique. Um, I can only imagine that you're carrying on with this fine tradition with all of your students, who, I must admit, are, are fine players themselves. Um, what, what is the one thing you think you impart to your violin uh, students at this point for their lives? Well, the, the, the one thing uh, as, a, as a teacher, which I try very hard to do, is... Uh, to have to teach themselves, that it it's it, 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 there's a very fine line about in, in teaching about how much to um, insist on you know things. Uh, I I see I feel it's so important to for all my kids to be able to be on their own to mm-hmm. think for themselves, and that's for that's why for instance uh, there are many teachers who uh, you know give, when a student is learning a new piece of music they will dictate their bowings and fingerings and everything, you know, but not, they'll just give them a piece of music and say, here, just, this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. And and I, I do just the opposite. When when a, when a student has a new, a new piece, I let them do their own fingering, their own bowings, and then and I correct what I, whatever I think is, is not good, uh, whatever doesn't work, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we talk about it, uh, but I, I feel it's so important because uh, from from the earliest age, uh, they have to learn to think for themselves and to be themselves and to have their own voice, their own personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's marvelous. Wonderful. So wh- what's a normal day like for you, Jamie Laredo? Can I ask that? Oh, God. <laughs> Are there normal no- days? <laughs> There's no thing as a normal day. <laughs> what is a normal? I don't know what a normal day is. Um, uh, okay, let's take today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, in, I'm as I'm speaking to you. I'm in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, I got up a little after six because uh, I had to do quite a lot of desk work before talking to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we finish, uh, I'm going to practice, and uh, then I'm going to teach all afternoon. And uh, I have uh, actually the afternoon goes into the evening. I'm teaching till about eight o'clock today, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's kind of an average day. Uh, tomorrow is slightly different, but uh, <laughs> then the, the next day I'm, I'm traveling, and uh, that's you know, it, it's life. Life is always busy, but it's always interesting and it's fascinating, and that's. 
That's what keeps us young. <laughs> That's absolutely right. You know, it was such fun interviewing both you and, and Sharon Robinson last fall. Um, That's right. I remember our conversation. We, you, she and I were in the car. That's right. That? It we was were, so we great. We were on the speakerphone. No, it was great. We you were in the Volvo, it. I think, You were between right. maybe Vermont and, and, and Cleveland. I loved it. And, you know, yeah. I, I recognize that your partnership, both in music and marriage, um, was personified by the composer Richard Daniel Poor in his Inventions on a Marriage, which um, was commissioned specifically for you. Right, right. Uh, Actually, Richard's written several pieces for us. He's written uh, two double concertos. He Mm -hmm. wrote a fantastic trio for us. He wrote a piano quartet for us. And then this duo that he wrote, which is only for violin and cello, um, he wrote that for our... Gosh, it's already quite a while. It's it was our thirty fifth wedding anniversary, and oh. now we're we're about to celebrate our fortieth wedding anniversary. Wow! <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, how marvelous! And you, you and Sharon have really shared this this rich and, and joyous life together, making music. You know, it, it just seems to be a marriage made in heaven, so to speak. Um, is it difficult to work with your wife at times, or is it just always a pleasure? This music making, I get the impression. Oh no, no, no! Really it it, it's sometimes very hard. Well, sometimes we, you know, you should you should see us when we're rehearsing. Sometimes <laughs> we're we're really picking on each other and <laughs> and, and uh, arguing and every listen like every other normal uh, you know happily married couple. Sure. And uh, but I think it's good. It's healthy, and mm-hmm. um, I think part of uh, what keeps us really so happy and just, you know, uh, it, it's the fact that um, we, we don't play together all the time. In mm-hmm. other words, I go off and do my own things, Sharon goes off and does her things, and, and then when we get together and do it, it's, it's, it's fresh and it's, it's a joy and it's fun. Oh, oh, that's fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. And how is life out there in Cleveland? Do you enjoy it? Very much. You know, Cleveland's a great city. It really, really is. Yeah. And, uh, uh, well, first of all, we have this, this unbelievable orchestra, the Cleveland mm-hmm. Orchestra, which, and how? which is uh, sometimes I, I just marvel at, at, <laughs> at the, the standard of playing here. I mean, it's quite extraordinary. Uh, but it, it's a uh, it's it's a it's a real foodie town. There's great restaurants. Oh, wonderful! And um, and uh, it, you know, Cleveland went through a lot of hard times, but it it, it is. I w- I wouldn't even say it's on the way up. It's it's up now. Oh, that's and, fantastic! Uh, yeah, that's it's, a... It's, it's it's a wonderful place, and um, we love. We're very dedicated to the school. I think the Cleveland Institute mm-hmm. is, a, is an extraordinary school. And it's a very kind of family atmosphere there with the students and faculty. Our, our, our colleagues are just great people. Everybody's very devoted to what they're doing. And uh, there are many uh, first-chair players from the Cleveland Orchestra who teach here. It's certainly the winds that is the nucleus. Of, you know, and it's uh, very much on a tradition of of the great Cleveland Orchestra. Oh, going back to the days of, of George, George Sell. Sell. Yeah. And, of course, for me, having been here as a 12-year-old mm-hmm. studying here, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I first played for Zell, and, for, and, and then I had this 
remarkable relationship with him for through the years. Oh. Um, being here is a little—it's almost a little bit like coming home. Not not quite, not quite. Not quite as good as San Francisco, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's it, it, it's pretty good. <laughs> I think so. I think your next life, you're going to end up in San Francisco again. You know, out of just willpower. <laughs> Definitely, I have to. I really have. To. <laughs> and you're a real baseball fan, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, now I've become a Cleveland Indians fan. Ooh, I've, I've been bet. I've been a Red Sox fan for for. Uh-oh. I started out as I started out as a Yankee fan, of course. I mm-hmm. lived in New York forty three years, so how can I not be a Yankee fan? Then of course when we moved to Vermont, uh in Vermont, if you're not a Red Sox fan, you're you know, you're considered a traitor. And uh, <laughs> so I, I I did become a real Red Sox fan and uh, I was, you know, really rooting for them. That's um, so great. and now it's the Cleveland Indians, so I you love know, it. who knows? But, uh, but I do, I have to to tell you in the National League I still root for the San Francisco Giants. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Go California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love this. I love it that our listeners can hear that musicians are real, Jamie. And this is something that a lot of people don't realize. You know, they think we just sit in a practice room all the time. And and I know you actually do, but <laughs> because you work so hard on your technique and keeping your playing up and and Oh God, yes. It's yes, but we are it? people, of course. That's you right. know, we're normal, normal people, and we have all the problems <laughs> that everybody has, and and, and, all and the, the joys, joys. And, and, and everything. Yes. That's right. So let's let's turn now to conducting. When did you first uh, decide to work as a conductor? When were you inspired to do that? Uh, it it started around forty years ago, uh, where I, when I started to work. Uh, with the Scottish Chamber Orchestra, and uh, they're based in Edinburgh, Scotland. Mm-hmm. And they were, uh, it was actually their very first season of being. And uh, so maybe it was more than 40 years now, maybe 42, 43 years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I, I had been engaged uh, just simply as a soloist to play two, two violin concertos with them. Uh, and there was to be a conductor, the the Russian uh, conductor, Rudolf Barshai. Mm-hmm. And um, about a month before the concerts were to take place, I received a call from my manager in London telling me that um, Barshai was in the hospital. He um, he was very ill. With, I can't remember what it was. But anyway, he was going to be there for several weeks. And uh, the orchestra wanted to know if I would be interested in doing the program myself. Uh, and so I asked, I asked what you know what the program was, and it, it included. Well, I was to play two concertos to begin with, and then there was the Haydn, Haydn Symphony, which I knew very very well, and there was a Bach Brandenburg Concerto, which also I knew very mm-hmm. well. I played it with, with Casals, and uh, I said, well, you know, uh, I'm not a conductor, but if I can do this from the violin, like you know, the old fashioned way, mm-hmm. uh, that which is the way. That, that repertoire used to be. I said, sure, I'd love to do it. And so I did. Uh, we had a phenomenal time. I, we, just, we hit it off so well. And I began, I started going there year after year after year. And it was a relationship that just went on for you know the next 30 years or so. And uh, it, 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 But for, for several seasons, for several years, I did it uh, as leading from the violin. Mm-hmm. And then the one day we were doing a work that was a little bit complicated rhythmically. It was quite quite involved, and 
um, the, the concert master of the orchestra said to me, he said, Jamie, I really think you should just conduct this because it's, it's, it's too difficult this way. And so I tried it, and, you know, it felt very, very natural. I had never taken any kind of conducting lessons or anything, mm-hmm. uh, although I was fortunate enough to have played with some of the greatest conductors ever. Of course. So I learned a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so that, that's how it started. That, that's how it began. And uh, it was nothing that I had planned. It, it just sort of evolved. It happened. That's and, fantastic. Uh, now, now, con- now yeah. conducting is a big, you know, a major part of my life. Yeah, you are. And uh, so you were a real trailblazer in, in that regard, you know, really, it, that going that far back. Um, is is conducting and playing a more intimate approach to uh, a relationship yeah, with Yeah, well, it's, diff- it's different, and it's really quite wonderful because uh, it becomes like playing chamber music. Mm-hmm. And after all, like this concert that we're doing Sunday at, in, with the Westchester Philharmonic, um, the first half are two pieces that you really you really don't need a conductor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vivaldi Concerto that has two two solo violin parts and the solo cello part and and strings, and then the Mozart Concerto. And um, when I when I'm doing this, I feel very much like I'm playing chamber music, and like I, I'm just let's say I'm the first violinist of a quartet, you know. So I, I'm sort of doing the leading, giving the leads, and mm-hmm. so on. And uh, it's, it's wonderful for the musician. They enjoy it. They feel uh, much more like they're really taking part of it rather than someone who's just dictating a beat, you know, in their faces. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's a normal, natural, wonderful way to make music. Oh, and and when I do, whatever I do, uh, any kind of uh, concerto like Bach or Mozart or Haydn or anything like that, it's, it's all, it just feels so good to do it with, without, without conductor. Wow, that's so great to hear. And now, you've been with the Westchester Philharmonic Orchestra, which I, I really champion right now, Jamie. Um, oh, they're great. They're such a wonderful orchestra, I can't tell you. And the, the co-principal conductorship with you and Ted Sperling is unusual, but it's really brought this orchestra around. We've had a, a real revival of this orchestra, haven't we? I mean, you're really covering all the bases in music with the two of you. Well, yeah, because, uh, you know, we both bring two very different uh, styles and, mm-hmm. and, and, and repertoire and everything. And uh, it's, I, I think it's worked out very well. I think the musicians are very happy. Uh, our, I think our audiences are happy. We've, we've been having really wonderful audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, a program that we did last October, that was the last one I did where I conducted uh, and Sharon played concerto with me uh, we had a marvelous house and it was uh, it was great and so I think I think things are uh, knock on wood I think things are coming no, really they're, good they're definitely coming along I, I can feel the energy yeah. in your in your audiences and now we're looking at Vivaldi Mozart John Corleano and Stravinsky oh, this is an that ambitious is a beautiful program. gorgeous piece it's a little piece called Voyage mm-hmm. Voyage for Strings it's for strings only mm-hmm. And it's so, it is such a moving, uh, it's a very short seven-minute piece. Uh, it, it's just, I, I, every time, I do it a lot because I love the piece so much. Mm-hmm. And every, every time I do it, I'm so touched, really emotionally. It, it's just oh. such a moving 
it's a gorgeous little piece. You know, if, um, I'm sure many people are uh, uh, very familiar with a barber adagio for yes, strings. Yes, yes. And this piece is similar. I, I, I'm yeah. not going to say it's like it. It, it, it. It's different. It's totally different. John Cardiano is his own, you know, his own voice. That's right. Um, uh, but it, it's uh, it, it is in that vein, and it's just a very moving, beautiful piece. Oh, I, and I love his writing, so I'm really looking forward to this. And definitely yeah. the lighter side with Stravinsky, the Pulcinella, which I adore. Well, which would be that's the most. That's got to be the most fun piece in yeah. the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it really. It's just so great. It's such an extraordinary piece, and um, for for our, for. For all of those who are kind of scared off by uh, new music or contemporary music, uh, it is basically a Baroque piece. That's right. Pocinella That's right. Is on, it's on themes of Pergolesi, and mm-hmm. he wrote this ingenious, ingenious uh, ballet music, and it's it's one of my favorite pieces. Oh, I, I just love, love it. it. And it, it's it's a wonderful piece for the orchestra too because yeah. it it has so many great solos for all kinds. It has. Solos for the for the solo strings for the two violins, viola, so great double bass part. It has a fantastic trombone part. Uh, mm. It's a great, great flute part. Great. Oh, I mean, every instrument has is has really a featured. To shine. Yeah, every instrument in the orchestra is featured, and it's uh, it's it's a remarkable piece. Well, I think both in both in you, you and I uh, agree that education is the best road to understanding and enjoyment in music. So, I just want to remind our audience that there's a pre-concert discussion of your program at 2 p.m., led by yourself and artistic and executive director Joshua Warby before the concert at three o'clock. Yes, well, we always do that before an hour before the concert, and I think it's good. It's um, nice for the audience to to hear a little bit about uh, from the performers, you know, mm-hmm. to hear a little bit about about the piece, the pieces that are going to be done, and uh, again, it's an opportunity for the audience to see that hey, you know, we're human beings, we're real people out there. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, well, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to come, and I want to encourage everybody out there listening at WGCH right now to attend this marvelous concert of the Westchester Philharmonic with Jamie Laredo multitasking as soloist and conductor this Sunday at 3 p.m. at Purchase at the Performing Arts Center. Jamie, I can't thank you enough for, for granting us this interview this morning. It's oh, Pamela, always, it's always so much a fun. pleasure. It's always a pleasure, and uh, all the best to you and to your wonderful audience. And I, I also urge all of you, please come on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will garnish as many people as I can. And just let me know when you and Sharon are going back to San Francisco. Maybe we could do a road trip, you know, from Carmel up to, like, Portland, Oregon. It'd be fun. That, that <laughs> would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> Jamie Laredo, thank you so much. And everyone, the curtain is down on center stage.
is David Weiss with a slice of life. Two tales for you today, both involving animals and places other than their 